Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone. My name is David Reed. Welcome to Dial the Gate, episode 102, if you can believe that. We have Colin Cunningham joining us for his uh, second appearance. Colin is a friend of mine. I've gotten to know him really well over the past uh, few years, and we have some uh, some interesting things uh, to share with you, some exciting projects that he's working on. But before we really get into that... I want to invite you to share the program. If you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a lot if you click that like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and helps the show grow its audience. We're nearly at 20,000 subscribers. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click that subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the next of the course uh, next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. This is a live stream. It's not pre-recorded. So if you're in the uh, YouTube chat at youtube.com slash dial the gate, which is going on now, submit your questions to Colin. It is free to do so. We do not do super chats here. It is 100% all you from anywhere in the world. And the live stream will be available uh, after the fact as well. So let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's bring in the man of the hour himself, Mr. Colin Cunningham. Hello. Is this on? David, how are you? <laughs> I'm well, my friend. How are you? It's it's great to be here. It really is, man. It, I mean, it's funny, uh, and I'm glad you introduced me as your friend because it's certainly uh, it's certainly become that, and I'm I'm honored to have your friendship, as well as many others that I've met through Stargate and beyond. So it's and it's just great to talk to you, whether we're sitting having a cup of tea or a pastrami sandwich in new york city or whether we're i'm sitting here in my van (laughs) talking to you wherever you are and my apologies let me just say first off i I, i'm sorry that i happen to be in my van it's the only way that my schedule could make this happen as i'm rehearsing right now for a for two shows actually one's called mara uh here in saint george and that explains this we'll get into that later on but uh, anyway but uh, my apologies this is my office at present and um i hope it suffices it absolutely suffices so tell us about um the white beard basically i'm playing an old captain of the sea uh kind of washed up and later on down the line in in his life and i been growing out the beard and it's always been my thought wow what if i bleached it and it took some doing because it all came out yellow (laughs) like i look like a i look like a lemon right and then but i i went the second the second go yesterday and just bleached the snot out of it so i don't know if the two-tone oreo cookie thing is working for me personally because i'm going to be wearing a hat so i just look like an old yeah i think i'll have something like this it's going to be kind of similar to this guy so, you know, and with the, the, the trench coat and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the look for the character, but it's still a couple of weeks away. What year is it set? Uh, it's, well, it's kind of, uh, let's just say the Maritimes. Okay. Anywhere between like 100 years. Just anywhere from the last 300 years to the last 100, 100 years. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it takes place. It's a beautiful, extremely gorgeous play, uh, musical. And I'm singing. Oh boy! All right. Yeah, Major Davis sings. So that's that's a weird. No, it's a weird thing. It's great as an artist, you know, as an actor. It's it's another discipline, and it's super fun to do. But I'm not a singer, other than belting in some basement of some high school band. But it is weird because anytime I go to see, you know, an actor that I know from television or whatever, and they're on stage singing, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I want you to play the guy that I know from TV. Don't get up there on stage and start crooning. Because then, I don't know, there's just something about somebody's voice when they're singing. But I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm absolutely, like, trying to do my utmost best. But 
I've got this, uh, this inability to quit. So if somebody says, Hey, you want to do this? My answer is always yes. As a performer, if you are not stretching yourself in ways that are uncomfortable or at least, you know, unpredictable, if not you to the, to the audience, what are you doing? You know, I mean, I suppose you can, I mean, if you're, if you're successful in doing the same thing over and over and over again, I suppose, you know, then you like, like, uh, uh, I mean, look at the world, the, the stones, they just came to Nashville and I mean, Jagger is 80 now yeah, and he's yeah. still singing the same old songs, you know, and he's still loving life. So, but I, I couldn't do that. I, I would have no, well, to be it was funny because after, after our first rehearsal, after I sang my first song, a friend of mine came up to me and asked me that very thing. What are you doing? <laughs> so, was so, it that bad? Like, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But look, I'm not, here's the thing, honest to God, I'm not a singer. I mean, I yeah. can hold a tune if it's between here and here. Um, but but what you wouldn't I'm necessarily on, do a, a solo album. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not going to happen. But, but, but fortunately, I can tell a story. And I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at these lyrics as dialogue. Correct. And it's like, and the dialogue's really, really good. It's one of the most beautiful musicals I think I've ever heard in my lifetime. And this is Mara? And to, yeah, and to find it here in St. George, Utah is actually really kind of messing with my head. It's not Broadway. It's not Chicago. It's not London's West End. It's St. George, Utah. And it's an original piece written by a gal by the name of uh, Tammy Smith. And it is exceptional and i'm i'm blessed to be a, a part of it but yeah man i got to deal with the fear and the and it, i gotta work i gotta work I'm, I'm, I'm nothing but weakness and it's like okay let's just work on the weaknesses and then i'll i'll hopefully get a handle on that but i'm having a great time when is the uh premiere uh two weeks <sighs> from this what day is today today's saturday so saturday two weeks yeah two weeks yesterday so wow. it's the 20 friday the 26th um, and listen, since we're plugging now, I can get it over and done with. But right now, I've got a show tonight at the Cox Auditorium at Dixie State University, Saturday and Monday. And it's called All Together Now. And it's some of the folks that I met. I did a play called Oliver. Did you see Oliver? I came out and saw you with Oliver. You did come out. See, this is why David is just the greatest guy on the planet. You drove out from Phoenix, Arizona? It was five, six hours. That was nothing. I'll, I'd, I'd swim to I see did. you. Anyway, that's that's a testament to you, to our friendship, and just how awesome the Stargate community is. Thanks for coming out. Anyway, so those some of the people from Oliver are doing a show called All Together Now, and they've invited me to come out and, and reprise, reprise some of the music we've done in the past. And it's here. It's a 1,200-seat theater, man, so it's going to be a big show tonight and Monday night. So there's stuff going on. That's terrific. I have to insert... Um... Uh, some buddies of mine and I went out to, to see you in Oliver and you played, uh, Bill Sykes and <laughs> you, t you, you took over, you, you absolutely ate the stage and we woke up the next morning and, uh, two out of the three of us had nightmares all night long. <laughs> and it was like, there was no question that you had gotten under our skin as as Sykes and had rattled something around inside of us and it just stuck with us all night you know and it was like we went to breakfast with you that morning it was like I remember telling you there, there's there was no other explanation for exactly what that was we had been given such a visceral performance that it kind of just vibrated with us for the rest of the day oh, and into I, our I, sleep I, I... thanks man I, I appreciate that I do thank you it's just crazy and the 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 humor of of that particular character in that particular role, you know, especially when he makes his first appearance, he almost has nothing to say for the first several minutes there, and you're pulling stuff out of your mouth and all, everything that that you've absconded with and lifted off of of uh, uh, passers by. How much of that was you, and how much of that was in in uh, the script? How much play that, were you no, given that, in that kind of a character? That stuff was was in the script. I mean, okay. I was able to take some take some liberties in, at other points in time in the story, but but yeah, no, I'm pulling the pearls out, and <laughs> pulling out silver spoons, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, man, a few words, but many 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 jewels. Let's go back <laughs> to Stargate, those old days in Vancouver. Um, you had quite a run with that character all the way from, you know, I think it was, uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was a matter of time, uh, being introduced, uh, uh, 
with the, in a scene with uh, with Donis Davis, and then finally through uh, Continuum, Major Paul Davis. Uh, tell us, uh, if you will, uh, some of you know what I the the one that always gets me is uh, Richard Dean Anderson and you in uh, the episode is Prometheus. And there's a, sh- a ship beneath the surface, and it has been taken over by John Delancey and his NID people. And all you have is the facts of, of what happened, and Richard Dean Anderson is running at you going, Major Davis, what the hell happened? Yeah. I'll tell you, I've got two, two responses to that, two, two things that I wanted to talk about with regards to that. I remember... When that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, it was just like, yes, like it was just real. There was no there was just no pretending it. It just became straight acting. You've just been engaged. Richard just went into gear and and he's hitting he's he's coming right at me, man. And and it was great to just ping pong off of that because I was ready absolutely ready for it and i reveled in it i'm like oh this is great because i didn't have many scenes with richard ever you know so it was just great to have something to do with 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 richard the second thing i remember in that blink was this guy's like one of the executive producers on the show and he is he wants to see if i know what i'm doing here he wants to see if i've memorized my lines he wants to know if i'm prepared um, I don't know if Richard would even remember this, but I certainly did because I really wanted to be there. I really wanted to be invited back. And, and it was a test. It was a test as, as the lead, but he was the lead actor testing. Somebody who'd come in to support for the day and you'd better not be sleeping through this because we're here to make something happen. And I hope I rose to the occasion. I, I felt that I was prepared and it was like, so prepared that it just became fun. I was just able to not think of anything other than responding in, in, in within the scene and the dialogue that was given. And it was just, uh, it was great, man. It was a lot of fun because again, oftentimes you'll show up, you'll just show up just to, the trick is to not show up to some, to some of the sci-fi shows that were bandied around uh, or any, many of the shows that are on TV or that were shooting in Vancouver at that time. The trick was not to show up lazy. The, the trick was to make it as sincere as you could, even if it was an absolute piece of crap. Mm. Fortunately, Stargate wasn't a piece of crap. But one of the reasons why it wasn't was because nobody ever showed up uh, lazy. They showed up to play. The directors, the writers, the, the, the crew. I mean, everything was... Everybody was trying to make this the best that it possibly could. And... And they believed in it. And I, I think that's what 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 came on to the crew after a while. Because you show up and you give it your best. And you hope that the show is worthy of your effort. I think after a while, or very soon into Stargate, I think it was the crew and the other cast members realized that, hey, we've got something special here. And so not only will I bring my A game, but it will be appreciated. Um because that's that's what this deserves and 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 you just keep feeding in into that so it it becomes a, a personal discipline just from an actor's standpoint to show up and give it everything you, you can because sometimes after so many years and you've done it so many times you can you can tune out a little bit and it's hard to keep the bar high and the second thing is like this is but let's just say like a, a show like Breaking Bad. Nobody knew what they were making when they were first no. making Breaking Bad. But season two, you can <laughs> you can bet they they now we now know what we have a shot at here. And man, if you show up and you're not prepared because everyone else is, they will eat you alive. You know, so I remember uh, being frightened of Richard at that moment in time, but also respecting the snot out of him as in, yeah, let's go, man. Let's play. It was great. Who else do you remember fondly from uh, those years? Donis Davis was, look, was your now, first scene. Um, David, the, qu- the question is who who didn't? Yeah, I, that's I, fair I, too. Don't I think back? Um, but I'm going to try and put myself in way back then. 
I remember the people that were Don was the only one I knew. And it was and I've said this right. before. I was just happy to see him because he kind of took me in un, under his wing when I when I was still just a young actor in Vancouver. And we did. We, I can't even remember the titles, but every time I, I, I was on a show, it was like Don and Don. I said, Don, he remembered me. So that was great. So I, I felt like only now I was coming into his house. Mm-hmm. But but I was I, I wasn't showing up empty handed. I had a bottle of wine and some muffins. You know, it was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I can do good and I'm here on your show. And it was so it, the stakes were all the high, higher because it was his house, you know. But I also remember uh, Terrell being extremely friendly. Um, I don't believe because I'm trying to think because naturally I didn't meet Amanda that first day. Or I, don't, I don't think I did. Um, so I'm trying to and I remember the sound, the, the boom operator. Because they're coming up to you and they're putting, you know, little mics on you and clips. And so they're, they're close, right? And, uh, and he was super nice. I forget the man's name. And forgive me for that because he was a, a genuinely nice man. And the, and the makeup department. Again, these are the people that you first meet right. when you first show up. And they were just an absolute – they were just warm. And there was no, there was no attitude. Sometimes – look, if, if I ever run into – if I ever have a problem with anyone – um, it's, it's always been the makeup department and the few times it's ever happened in my life. I hope, well, anyway, like I'm not going to get into that because we've all, we've all had our good days and bad days, Of course, but I think it's the word makeup artist. They're the only person on the set with the term artist after their name. And I'm a, look, I like to show up and spread my nose and I want to, I'd love to put up some a collodion scar down here. And I'm not talking about Stargate at all. I'm not talking about, I'm yeah. just saying I'm a, I'm a character actress. So that's what I love to do. And sometimes I'll show up with some ideas and they'll look at me like, no, 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 no. You're here. We don't, we don't talk to you. Okay. We're going to sponge your face and then that's it and shut up. We're not, we're not here to work. They're not into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas just some, so that said, there's sometimes this an aloof, um, maybe just a a bit of an artsy fartsy quality to that particular department stargate did not have that it was just good morning how are you jan newman it was yeah they were they were just fantastic man and and even the people that would come in sometimes when there was a lot of cast and they needed help even the day the, the 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 substitutes or the people that came in to assist they were all just great they were confident so they didn't need to push any attitude mm. on you and they were always open and 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 open to ideas and stuff not that major davis had you know crazy wigs and scars or anything but um but they were great i just remember just feeling like okay this is this is a this is a this is a safe place at least it, it felt felt like a bit of a sanctuary from day one was there a military vi- advisor on set that you could consult well, I would, I'm going to say yes. I can't remember them specifically being on set, but I always remember them there. And I was only ever on set. So where else would they have been? <laughs> um, I do know Barry. Oh, my God. What was Barry's last name? Barry, 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 Barry. Wardrobe. Man, he was on it. That department was on it. Because once you put on, you put on that hat, it had better be right. Barry Peters? Well, Barry Barry would have your ass, man, because it was respect. It was like we are we are portraying the United States Air Force and and people in, in positions of, of, of power and loss and sacrifice and what have you. And it was just and not that anybody ever got into that, but there was a sense of reverence for don't yeah. just don't just throw that on. Um, would that have been Barry Peters? It was also, it was just. You know, there was also. Sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. Dan. No, it's it, just, fine. it gets me excited. It gets me excited because <laughs> it was, uh, again, it was just this attention to we can be better and we can be good, and there's no need to phone any of it in. So the wardrobe department wasn't phoning it in. The, the craft service people weren't phoning it in, and everything was about how how can we make it better. That's all. How did Don improve you as uh, an actor through like the pace that he set? on his set or his consummate professionalism, you know, what, what takeaways did you take away from Don? On a personal note, again, I, I strove to be as good as I could be because I was in in his presence. Um, And that's our own, 
that that was our own is our own thing between Don and I. Sometimes mm. I'll still go onto a, a film set and I'll 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 hear him behind me, you know. Um, but but also just the stature of the man. Um, I mean, again, here was a here was a vet. Here he. I never saw Don nervous, and if he did, I never saw him show it. He just uh, there was just a sense of an air of credibility around the man, you know, and he could joke and he could tell stories and I mean, all that kind of stuff. But there was just this, you knew you were in the, in the presence of someone with presence and, and it was great. It was just really, really cool. I mean, just everything from the bald head man to the voice, the booming voice and the, 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 the drawl that he had. (laughs) And, and I can't, Man, I can't remember Don Davis in anything that he ever did that that sucked. Everything he ever did, you know. Look, he he may have not been like me with the contact lenses and the wigs and all that kind of stuff, but uh, Don Davis and was like it was like a page from the Gene Hackman book. Man, he's never he never turned in a bad performance. You know, everything was always he was always there. You know, and, and anyway, so I just I, res- I just respected him all ac- across the board. And then the more the more you got to know him, you got to know his family and you got to know the people that he cared about. And and then after you'd even heard the stories a couple of times, it it then became about the man who was telling him because you'd hear this. I've heard this story four times and I'm enjoying it just as much. Not so much because the story changes, but because. <laughs> because of the passion of the man who's telling the story. And it was uh, like, it was just great. He was a great guy, man. He was just a, a phenomenal human being. And, and God only knows he had his bad days as well as, as we all do. Um, but uh, anyway, I look back fondly and, and I'm keeping that. That's my story and I'm not changing it for nobody. <laughs> the conventions uh, gave you guys, uh, not you specifically and Don, but you guys in general, uh, a chance to, uh, continue to evolve your relationships outside of uh, the set as well. Who would you look forward to really seeing and and connecting with at uh, at the cons in terms of the in terms of the cast? Well, uh, no, I'll just uh, two come to mind right now. Cliff Simon um, was a brother from another mother, and I think J.R. Bourne just felt like a, a a close cousin from another galaxy and i don't i don't know what it was about those two guys um but jr i've just always felt a kinship to maybe because maybe it's because we came up through the ranks and and a lot of the stories that cliff would tell me um you know just just what the one-on-one stories that he told me because he had uh he had quite the life and it didn't yeah. stop and it, it never stopped up until the last second. That guy was just, mm-hmm. just, just heading for the sun always. And, but some of his, his earlier stories when he was in South Africa and some of the places that he'd been and some of the, the, the spots, let's say he'd found himself in. And cause I mean, look, we're talking here. I don't know what the hell is this. I got my phone strapped to a rear view mirror. You're in wherever the hell you are. And we're broadcasting across the globe. And so look, oftentimes you, you, and we're talking about Stargate and yeah. it's fantasy. And it's a show, but also look, life is friggin' hard, man. It can be really, really hard. And Cliff went through some shit. He did. JR has been through some shit. We've all been yeah. through some shit. So, so it's weird. I'm trying to walk this uh, this line between between Major Davis yeah. and Ball, you know, <laughs> and the different characters that we play, and and how I know some of these people, and I know them as human beings, and 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 you know, and life is full of scars, man, and yeah. laughter, and overcoming stuff, and all sorts of stuff. So so it's weird. So I guess my my experience or it's it's hard to articulate it because it's within this format that you and i are discussing and it's like well what's appropriate what isn't yet 
look, it's all magical and it's wonderful. But but to answer your question, those are the 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 two that come to mind. And and Martin, you know, just just as a director, Peter Deloise is fantastic. <laughs> um, he's hilarious. He's, they're they're great. I mean, look, they're just great. They've all they've all either had a kind word to share when I needed one or gave me some support when I probably didn't even deserve it. And those were the seeds that they planted. And so when I reflect back, I don't just reflect back on what it was to see the gate for the first time or Gary Jones cracking me up or, 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 you know, money raised for charity. Sometimes it's just, um, wow, that person actually covered my ass just there. And I don't even think I said hello to them this morning, you know? So it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff that, that you remember, you know, as well. And I can't really, no, that I'll shut up now. No, I, I remember, uh, when finding out that we lost Cliff and you and I, I think we talked the same day. It's like, what the heck? What happened, you know? Yeah. And it was a real, um, that was a hard week, to say the least, but it was also a a reminder of mortality and a reminder that, you know, if you have the choice in how you, I suppose, go out, why not, you know, in, in a form that you love? You know, in 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 performing art, basically on the water, which is what he did with kiteboarding. I mean, the man, he was so uh, uh, the the, the sun would never have caught him in bed. I don't think if he had a chance to be out there on the water, which was his temple. The beach was his temple. No. Well, yeah, no. And it's funny because I remember when when we spoke and I didn't I'd only heard that he'd passed, but I hadn't heard where. And I think it was you when you said. Uh, well, I knew kite surfing, but then I heard, I think I asked where, and you said Topanga. And I was like, ah, because I used, I used to live there. Okay. So I know it. I know it well. And that was the only word I needed to hear mm-hmm. for anybody who's ever been out to that beach. But, uh, but yeah, man, and I ain't going to tears. I'm, 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 I feel so empowered by, by Cliff's life. And I still just everything that we, that he was about. And I can't wait to get out and go kite surfing in Topanga. That's one of the things on my list, simply because it's a good place to go, man. And and (laughs) you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid of it. You got to go. You got to go towards it. But look, I've still got a list of places to hit in Portugal and Spain and a couple of little uh, secret spots that that Cliff gave me last time I, I, I spoke with him. And uh, and I'm gonna get to that list, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with a with a big smile and an open heart and a and a and a laugh, and I'm gonna raise a glass of wine to his memory, you know, because he's 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 still he's still with us, you know, which is great. Absolutely, stuff. he is. Yeah, you are in the early stages of quite the project right now, and I wanted to know if you could fill us a little bit in on centigrade and where this idea started originally for you oh wow uh well first off just a little uh back centigrade i am i am gonna direct we are in the process of developing centigrade the feature film um some of you many of you are already familiar with centigrade the short that i produced and, and directed and acted in way back when we have been trying for a long time to, it was always meant to be a feature film, but a few things happened. Um, number one, uh, once the, the film, once we got it out there, we won a slew of awards and MGM uh, optioned it as a TV show. So it was like, great. So that took up some time and energy. And then MGM had some financial restructuring and everything went off the shelf. The rights came back to us. Then it was like, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, hang on a second. I got an audition for this some show called Falling Skies. That's not going to have to go anywhere. So let me just finish this up and it'll be finished. So that, yeah, so that took up five years and all this kind of stuff. So long story short, we all woke up very recently yet again and said, why haven't we made this film? We've tried going the five, $10 million route. And we've tried doing the TV show. And we've tried all these different 
very legitimately, very professional, high caliber avenues to make it happen. And they, for whatever reason, they didn't have it happen. So we decided we're going to make this thing come hell or high water. So centigrade is now become, has now become centigrade rising and we're in development. We have built uh, a website and that gives you the back history on the project, the film, what it's about uh, at this stage of the game, who's involved. And we're going to make this thing no matter what the hell happens. So we've decided to do it uh, on a shoestring budget. We're looking between 75 and $150,000. Um, we're still reaching out to other higher echelons of, of funding and stuff like that because the script is so good. But basically, it's, it's, we've just decided it's time to do this. So we're going to do it. And David, you're, you're part of, of that. Um, I remember reaching out to you way back before now saying, have you got any ideas? How can we make this happen? Can you help? And you were one of the first people to, to, to step forward and say, yes, I can, we can. And so, absolutely. I'm so excited to be a part of this, of this, this project with you. It's, it's a, it, I think some of these smaller stories have some of the, the bigger ideas and the, the, the premise largely of, of the original short was that it, chickens will come home to roost for yeah. bad people who do bad things to other people who mistreat the innocent. And I'd like to uh, play the 45-second teaser for the original, if you don't mind. Uh, yes, wonderful. Okay. Thank you. You listening to me? Huh? Sitting there all... quiet. I just love that short, and it's it's the the one credit, other than maybe like an episode of Battlestar and Stargate, that I've purchased on Amazon on um, on Apple. It was Centigrade. Nice. I got it to the, and now so I have the website up, and so the uh, the short film is the full thing is linked there. Um, is that that's correct? So we can we can watch the whole thing the whole thing there right as well yes yes the 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 short is there and essentially the short is a um is a sequence that would go into the feature film got it um but as you as you said it's it's basically a film about what happens when karma rolls into town <laughs> and basically accelerates the karma of everyone and everything it comes into contact with and the karma in this particular story is personified by this big black pickup truck and it will take place during the hottest week in recorded human history so we've got that that element that's just kind of the the pressure cooker in which the story um unfolds and the guy trapped in the airstream is one of the stories it's basically four or five people that do something that they shouldn't have done and uh karma comes back to uh with with, with the bill Absolutely. And and so that's basically basically what it is. So it's uh somebody somebody referred to it as a as a uh, what do they call it a face based a faith based film on steroids. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, I mean I don't know I don't know if we've got any uh, any any religious stuff in there, but karma comes to town and he's coming to get you, you know. So um, so it's it's we're excited about it. We really really are. There is this this prescient like instinct uh especially with especially with people who have, have been raised in, in in faith that you know i could uh go down this road what will happen to my spirit if i do you know mm. maybe maybe self-punishment or maybe an external punishment of some some form maybe from from elsewhere yeah, no, maybe well, from you, look, over here yeah and not that not that the film really gets into any of those no. themes, but it's but it does it, it it's it's nice at the very least 
You look at everybody getting away with it, man. Politicians are getting away with it. They're getting away with it in the big cities, and that guy got away with it, and this guy got away with it. And no one's, you don't have to be accountable for anything anymore. There's no, everything, what was up is down, and down is up, and what was this way is now that way. And, and nobody, and it's like, whoa, stop. There's, it's important that, that at least the idea that, that people who do bad things shouldn't gain reward and, and be blessed forevermore because of it. You know, there, there is something I personally believe that Mm. it is a reap what you sow kind of thing. And if if you don't reap it soon, it, it, it may be a year or two or 10 or maybe even 20 down the road, but um, there's a, there's a bill for every meal, man. There's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. Yeah. There's no free lunch. So, so you do as good as you can and try and spread that, um, that, that energy, you know, um, at least that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do with this film. So even though, yeah, it's a thriller and it's a guy stuck in a, you know, lives in an old beat up Airstream travel trailer and he does a bad thing and he wakes up one morning and it's rolling down the highway, you know, and the doors won't open and the windows won't break and he, and he's burning up and he can't get out. So these are just the great old Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. good old thrillers that uh, that I've always gravitated towards. It's good. It's good stuff. If your fans are having their ears perked up from this, how can we help? What What do you need? Thank you. Um, well, I suppose the easiest the easiest way is just just to be aware of it and to talk about it if you like it. Um, then there's the, you can hit the like button. You can, you can like us and spread the word. Uh, if you want to do more than that, there is a donation button on, on the site and it, look, it could be a dollar. It could be five bucks, you know, for the price of a cup of tea. Um, and, and today the miracle of, of this social media online stuff, literally you could donate a dollar and you have no idea because of the spread of this amazing technology that is significant because a thousand people, 5,000 people, 20,000 people hit a dollar. That's we're ready to shoot all of a sudden. So don't think that even a little out's a buck, it won't matter. It matters. It really, really does. And if you got a little more, then it's a little, little bit more. I mean, I look, I always feel a little self-conscious asking people for money. Of course. Simple as that. It's just weird because I've I've been blessed more than anyone who's ever lived simply by virtue of, of having a gig, on Stargate SG-1 and playing Major Paul Davis. So I don't, I, so look, so here's the thing. Don't, don't donate. Don't give me any money, but give me a prayer. Send out a prayer. Uh, maybe come and see it. I don't know. Just if there's anything you can do that can help, we'll be grateful for it. It's just as simple as that. But you can certainly go to the website to learn more, or just to check it out. Play the trailer, play the the, the short. And it's uh, com. And uh, at the very least, you'll, you'll, that's what I'm working on. People say, what are you doing? I'm doing that. Well, I'm, I'm doing, doing a bunch that. of things. But that's, that's the one that, uh, that, that's close to my heart. And, <laughs> and it's, it's like it's a trip. We're just not going to stop until we get it done. And Absolutely. It's, like, it's scary, man. Because I've got to announce to you and the whole world that I'm doing this. That's friggin' scary, David, because it means I have to do it. You're putting yourself up there and saying, okay. No, sometimes you don't want to. It's hard, man. It's hard. But those, you got to scare yourself, though, to to get ahead. You got to scare yourself a little bit to get down the road. Otherwise, the journey isn't worth it. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I believe in you and I believe in the work that you do and the standard of it and the quality of it. And the fact of the fact is I want to participate in that process. And I'm asking that anyone who has the means, and I know it's, I know it's rough right now. I know a lot of people are having trouble feeding their families, you know, but if they have the means consider participating in, in some, in some aspect, maybe it's going on the website and reaching out and saying, Hey, you know what, when you start shooting, you know, let me know where you are. Maybe I can help in some other way or, you know, shape or form, or, you know, maybe I'm good with graphics or something else. Um, and so centigraderising.com. Centigraderising.com. And I will, if anything, um, look, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm just so filled with, with appreciation and gratitude. When I, when I look at some of the charity stuff and not to compare this at all with that, 
but I've always been blown away at how generous um, and like the 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 the, the gate con, you know, and, and friend and all those the incredible people that that raise all that money for Make a Wish and all this kind of stuff. So, I'm. You guys have already made the world a better place uh, tenfold. So let me just express that I'm grateful for that. And and yeah, and as far as my own little my own little personal project here, um, yeah, with I have great conviction about it. I think it's a message message that's strong. It's a creative endeavor that I've been dreaming of of pulling off for a long, long time, and nothing's gonna stop me. I'm really happy for you, man. Thanks, man. Gap Stargate wanted to know. How do you put your head in a space to prepare for a role like Centigrade Rising or like you did in the short, you know? I'll tell you, if that was the only thing that you needed to do, um, it would still be challenging. But if you've had a, a an argument with your girlfriend or with your mom or with your dad or your boss is giving you a hard time at the same. It's, it's the hardest part of acting is when those things, those challenges come up is to navigate, navigate uh, through them because, because it, it, it's different. Some days you can call in sick. You can't call in sick when you're, when you're working on a show or in a movie. So it's about shutting everything completely and totally out um, just from an acty schmacky kind of way, you never play the bad guy as a bad guy ever. You just never, there's no such thing. Hitler had a dog, man. I mean, everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody is, <laughs> let's say doing what they feel is best. So you can't, the most dangerous type of, of malevolence, if you're going to play evil is to not think of it as evil, then it really becomes evil. That's mm-hmm. when it's really scary, man. So if anything, the trick for me for centigrade was to play a guy who who was a bad guy and to see if I could make the audience feel sorry for him in a, in a way, you know, or as in because it's still he's still there's it's there's still a human being in there somewhere. Yes, they should spend the rest of their life in jail. Yes, they should sit in the electric chair. I don't know, but, but yeah. it's still uncom- It should still be uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, Why? that's right. You shouldn't take they're, pleasure they're, in just anyone suffering per se. You yeah. Know? They're not, they're not a caricature. They're, yeah. they're like a real person. And sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to know that you're, what do you call it? Your, your enemies or, or people you hate are, are human beings. You know what I mean? You may disagree with them. You may want to hate them. And it's sometimes it's, it's not so easy to do if they reveal themselves as vulnerable, you know? Mm-hmm. DJ Eric Soprosel, you told a story once about a time you heard yourself uh, as Davis uh, dubbed in a different language. Yeah. <laughs> How did that make you feel? And what was that like? That was great. Well, I mean, <laughs> I felt like, like a dog, you know, listening to a phonograph <laughs> or a dog that is, that, that's looking at a stuffed toy dog you know like it's a dog it's not a dog it was just so shocking i didn't i didn't know how to to gauge it in my brain and then i thought wow there's a dude in germany that probably had to audition to to have my tonality or whatever and like he's 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 employed so i felt happy that some unemployed unemployed german dude you know had a job doing my voice (laughs) You know, because you're always thinking about where's my next gig coming from. So I was happy that some dude in Berlin was 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 able to buy lunch that day. You know, it's all the things that we take for granted when when a product like like an episode of SG1 comes out, you know, it's then it has to be made for other markets. And the, the tweaks that we now have the ability to make in movies like I remember the one that I think about is when Disney came out with um inside out and the little girl at the beginning of the film recoils at something on the table that she's supposed to eat and in every region of the world that item is different based on the kids and their sensibilities in that part of the world you know it's those kinds of things that as an actor you're not really thinking about when when you're making uh, a product but someone somewhere has to deal with those things now and with technology we can yeah no it's 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 phenomenal it it really is but it, it, it is it's a trip to it's a trip to flip on a television and see yourself. Look, my, my dad was in Muscle Beach Party. 
with Frankie and Annette. Annette Funicello, Frankie Avalon. I don't even know if anybody even knows who that is anymore. Mm. But the story is that it was back in 19, God, I don't know, 59, 1960, 61. They made these movies, these muscle beach party movies with muscle heads and stuff. And my dad was a, a natural bodybuilder and he'd just come off the boat from Ireland. And he was in the movie. Long story short, I come home one night when my dad's 70, 73. He's sitting on the couch. And I'm like, hey, dad, how's it going? And he says, I'm just sitting here watching the television. And I just saw myself at as a man of 21, you know, 22. Oh, wow. You know, and, and, and he'd completely forgotten about it. You know, and there I am in the back. And, you know, I think he was doing background or something in, in this one scene. And so it's a trip to be 72 years old and, and say, wow, there's me at 21, you know? So I, it's, look, it's, it's, it's a wondrous thing. It's a weird thing. It's a crazy thing. I mean, I've told you the story that was that one Christmas Eve, I was just down and depressed and was in Vegas, didn't have a girlfriend. And then, and then I was kind of the family and I thought I'm going for a drink. And I went out to some bar on, on Christmas Eve and there was nobody there but me and three other losers. And we're sitting at the bar and I look up and I'm on like four of the five televisions. I've never by, heard this story. Dude, three of them were Stargate and the fourth one was something like, I don't know, it was the commission or something. And I remember just looking at that and in a way, I wanted to turn to the guys and go, you know, that's 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 me. But then I realized I'd only look like a bigger loser. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's loser enough to see yourself on on it. It was a sports bar. I was on three, four of the five televisions, man. And and I wanted to say something, but I realized that would only make me look all the more stupid. But I, it, I did think to myself, like, wow, like, because I was, I was legitimately down, wasn't feeling good. I don't know what the girlfriend, whether it broke up or didn't, but it was, I just felt like alone, you know, and small. And I looked up and there I'm on these, I'm on these TVs. And it was like, God, Providence, the universe just coming up and saying, whack, catch yourself on you horse's ass. Do you have any idea how lucky you are, you stupid little man? You know, <laughs> so and and I never forgot that. That's a God strike me dead true story, man. I'll, I, that was a that was just nuts. And I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't tell. Couldn't say any, anybody there. It was meant for you. Yeah, and because you alone. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't for anybody else. It was just whatever that was. Said, catch yourself on. Wake up. Wake up. You silly little man you know so <laughs> that was that you are living uh your truth and the life that you want to lead and you've you've put yourself in in a in a place uh, geographically and mentally and spiritually uh to do it and i admire you for it i've taken your lead and in, in doing much of the same thing myself and uh i think that you're going to have nothing but continued success Thank you, David. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I sincerely do. Thank you, Stargate. Thank you, Stargate fans. Thank you, Stargate producers and writers. And thank you, MGM. Uh, I just don't think any of you had any idea the domino effect that this 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 entity that is that is Stargate um, would become and how many lives it's affected. So, and I'm certainly one of them. So I'm, I'm in the deepest gratitude to each and every one of you. Thank you. And thank you for coming on, Colin. I will be in touch with you real soon. Thank you, David. Catch you guys later. Bye everyone. Later, man. <laughs> Colin Cunningham, major Davis in Stargate SG one Atlantis and continuum. My name is David Reed. You're watching dial the gate. So if you enjoy that, um, be sure to like and share the show because uh, it helps grow our audience. And I do have an update for those who were curious. Uh, the uh, merch, the Stargate-themed uh, uh, merchandise on Dial the Gate, the link has been updated. So uh, let me see here. 
So Dial the Gate is brought to you every week for free, and we do appreciate you watching. And if you want to support the show further, we have um, a merchandise portal where you can uh, participate. And that is, if I can get my, my buttons all right, that is here. So you click on Merch. You click on any item, and this just has been updated in the last like couple of hours, or uh, last hour here since I brought up the point in the in the previous stream. Um, so you can go to dialthegate.com uh, slash merch and click on an item, and it'll take you now to the page where all the different items are available. So it'll give you an overview of our designs. And you just click on the one that you want. And now you have access to all the merchandise that is available in that design. So, Frederick, thank you so much uh, for fixing that. So we've got t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages in a variety of sizes uh, and colors and cups and other accessories. And this is my spread shop. So you can click on a specific design uh, to see what items are being offered. And check out as fast and easy. So just visit dialthegate.myspreadshop.com or you can visit dialthegate.com slash merch. And we do appreciate your support. My continued thanks to my team of moderators and uh, uh uh, Rick Frederick, uh, he is the uh, the guy who's responsible for bringing our websites um, to life at conceptsweb.ca. Linda, Gategabber, Fury, you're the best. Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, and Anthony, you guys make the show what it is, and I really could not do it without you. We've got David Hewlett coming up in just a few minutes, so I'm going to go fetch Dr. McKay. And uh, we will see you on the other side very shortly. Thanks so much, everyone. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.